the Italian Wine Podcast is the community-driven platform for Italian wine geeks around the world. Support the show by donating at italianwinepodcast.com. Donate five or more euros and we'll send you a copy of our latest book, My Italian Grape Geek Journal, absolutely free. To get your free copy of My Italian Grape Geek Journal, click support us at italianwinepodcast.com or wherever you get your pods. Grazie mille. Welcome to this special Italian wine podcast broadcast. This episode is a recording off Clubhouse, the popular drop-in audio chat. This Clubhouse session was taken from the Wine Business Club and Italian Wine Club. Listen in as wine lovers and experts alike engage in some great conversation on a range of topics in wine. If you enjoy listening, please consider donating through italianwinepodcast.com. Any amount helps cover equipment, production, and publication costs. And remember to subscribe and rate our show wherever you tune in. All right. Hello, everyone. My name is Laika, and I am going to be hosting this Clubhouse Ambassadors Corner on behalf of Stevie together with Louise. So I just want to check if you guys can hear me. Hi, everyone. Yes, I can hear you. Hi, Louise. How are you? Hello. 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 Well, thank you. Ciao, tutti. Ciao. So we don't have a lot of people, but we are very thankful for everybody who's here present during our interview call with Nadia and Louise here on Clubhouse Ambassadors Corner. So welcome, everybody. And so for today, I will be introducing to you Luis Reineri. Um, so he is from Cuba and he's an advanced based in U.S., right? Correct. South Florida. South Florida. So you're an advanced sommelier. So tell us about your wine journey. How did it start? Well, I, uh, I've been in the restaurant business for a long time. And then through mutual friends, started enjoying food and wine and became more interested. And then I heard about this uh, program, the Court of Master Sommeliers. And being born in Cuba, I, I had a quest to become the first uh, Cuban-born, American-raised Master Sommelier in the world. I was able to pass the service in the theory, but I I didn't pass the the tasting, unfortunately. So I also got more involved with Italian wines in particular when we opened our restaurant, the Grove Cucina Wine here in South Florida. And I passed my Italian wine professional certificate last summer, as well as the uh, Italian Trade Association certificate. And I also hold a certified wine educator. So we do a lot of tastings and wine dinners at the restaurant, particularly focusing on Italian wines. I'm just really curious, since you have already tried several Italian wines, I suppose, but do you have a particular grape variety that you could say your favorite Italian wine grape? Well, it's like children. I have a lot of favorites, you know, it's Italy. And so I have a preference to things from Piemonte, Nebbiolo based, and of course, Sangiovese from Tuscany. But I'm a fan of Amarone and just the deliciousness that these wines provide, especially with fruit. And I'm really having a lot of fun educating our consumer, taking them from New World to the Old World, and of course, in particular with our restaurant and our wine dinners and our wine programming. Okay, I wouldn't be surprised that you have selected Zenato Winery as your favorite producer. But tell us more about it. Why did you select Zenato Winery? Yeah, so I've been to 16 of the 20 regions in uh, in Italy. And when I was in Las Vegas as a sommelier working at Bellagio, I first t- tasted the Valpolicella. And in my learning curve, just was attracted to the style, the perfume, the aromas, and then the the tactile experience, right? Because I'm a very tactile person. I love acidity, but I love texture and finesse. And 
from there, I started serving their wines. And when I got to Amarona and can appreciate the style and the challenge of making such a wonderful wine, I, I never looked back. And we do very well with the wines here in our restaurants, particularly Amarona right now. And so I also like to feature a lot of white Italian varietals, Pecorino, uh, Grillo, and uh, Treviano, of course. So I'm having some fun with that now, especially in South Florida with our warm weather and a lot of our seafood dishes and pastas. Oh, that's fantastic. And also, we are all craving for something summery right now because here in Italy, it's really, really cold. And oh. <laughs> definitely. And since most of our listeners are really, you know, on the geek side, and most of them, actually, we have here our Italian wine ambassadors and wine enthusiasts for our Italian wine house. So tell us, what are the learning objectives of this interview today? Right. And so to your point earlier, even though it's a small audience right now, I hope that the reach is, um, you know, multiplied by various so social media channels. And I think to my discovery, not knowing Zenato and particularly Veneto, uh, I think the number one pro, uh, objective is to tell the story of Zenato and how, how long they've been in this part of northern Italy since the 60s. And so that would be a main objective to expose the brand and their story. It's a lovely story. And of course, the beautiful wines and where can we find them globally. Second, I'm curious as to the uh, investment in Tuscany. So I'm sure Nadia will touch on that. And then, you know, the third objective would be how does a winery that's been well established adapt to challenges in this global economy? So I'd be curious to get Nadia's insight. Exactly. And you're also right. Um, so this Clubhouse interview is being recorded and we'll put it up on all our channels on Italian One Podcast. In fact, this show is actually the favorite of all time. So it goes all around the world. So we are so happy that you're here and you also introduce Nadia with us on Italian Wine Podcast. So my last question would be, how did you first discover the wines of Zenato Winery? Yes, as I mentioned, that when I was in Somalia in Las Vegas, I worked at the Bellagio Casino Resort and uh, studied for the Master Sommelier as well as a certified wine educator. And so when I got to Northern Italy and I started tasting wines, it's like Sanatos, I was really impressed with the quality, the, the texture, the way they marry with food, and also the result of uh, the guests really enjoying their wines, in particular Policella on a lighter style, but then for a more sophisticated consumer, the Amarone. And again, here now in Florida, at my restaurant, I enjoy featuring their wines and It's always fantastic to try to get a framework of what a consumer likes. Say, for example, Sauvignon Blanc. Oh, my gosh. Italy has so many beautiful Italian wines, particularly, say, whites, that if you put the framework of the style and texture of what they typically drink, I have found, at least in my restaurant, that it's an easy transition. So Treviano, Pecorino, Grillo, again, something like this. And their new discoveries lead them to want to discover even more about Italian wine. So I think the main objective here is to just be ambassadors, truly ambassadors of what's happening in Italy. And I'm just thankful to be here. Thank you. And thank you, Stevie, for the opportunity to speak today. I, I am actually with you, Dad. I'm also in love with Italian wines. And there's just really a lot of diversity and flavors that to explore. Even probably, I'm not even sure if I've tasted all the wines of Italian wines. And anyway, for sure, the spotlight for today's call is about Amarone and about Zenato's winery. Um, so I am going to mute myself and I will leave the floor to you, Luis. Okay, thank you so much. I want to introduce Nadia Sanato. And more than 60 years ago, Sergio Sanato, her dad, found his passion and purpose in the beers of San Benedetto di Lugana in the Veneto region. Together with his wife, Carla, Sergio worked the land to create a brand and legacy that continued 
today with their children, Nadia and her brother, Alberto. Sergio saw promise in Treviano de Lugana and planted roots in San Benedetto de Lugana, where today the family San Cristina estate sits amidst 95 hectares of vineyard land. He later took over the Costalunga estate in the heart of Valpolicella Classica and began crafting wines using the local Corvina, Rondinella, and Oceleta varieties. Over the years, Sinato raised the standard for Valpolicella, and today the family remains committed to crafting the highest quality wines the region has to offer. Sinato has long been considered one of the region's premier producers with hallmark wines, including, like I mentioned, the Amarona de Valpolicella Classico, as well as the Ripasa, Valpolicella Superiore, and Alanera Rosa Veronese. Nadia is responsible for the company's strategy, the sales network, and marketing of the Sinato winery. On top of that, she's also the winemaker of the Santonina Company, which is very interesting. I'm sure she'll elaborate, which she aimed to create the Rosso Sansonina del Garda, a red wine in the land of whites. So, Nadia, welcome. I'd like to start by asking you, as you were growing up with your parents, they're building Sanato from the ground up, what was it like to be part of that family experience? Ciao, thank you to Luis for uh, your great introduction. Uh, so for me, w- when I was a child, uh, I could smell the scent of a, of a wine. I played uh, among the vineyards, uh, the love for this land, for this uh, territory, and uh, this work uh, was in uh, my DNA. That is, was um, how I immediately felt uh, that my destiny would be linked to our land. Joining the family business uh, was a very natural uh, transition for me. So my father immediately recognized uh, in me the face uh, of Zenato. Uh, my commitment uh, at the beginning was uh, to promote the culture of, uh, of wine, uh, in particular uh, the passion of our family, uh, to communicate in a different way what exactly uh, my father, my parents uh, decide uh, to do in the wine business with a special, uh, you know, team uh, spirit and uh, also what is important about uh, the role of the family. Uh, so uh, for me, for, uh, for uh, a great uh, passion to do this, uh, to do what I, I do every day. And uh, I try also to transfer to the product what is uh, very important and to communicate to the entire world uh, what is uh, the, the most important uh, values and, uh, of course, uh, the emotions. Uh, for uh, our motto is uh, the soul of Lugana and the art of Valpolicella, uh, because the Lugana is uh, the story when uh, my father Sergio started and also the art of the Vaporicella was uh, the great uh, investment uh, uh, that we did uh, uh, for, uh, in particular for the classic, for the historical area of Valpolicella in um, a very famous uh, village called uh, Sant'Ambrogio della Valpolicella. Uh, today I am very satisfied and proud of what uh, we have done. And uh, all uh, this is an inspiration to do better and better and uh, make Zanato more and more a brand of Made in Italy excellence. I love the motto, thank you, the soul of Lugana and the heart of Valpolicella. And you were born in Lugana, correct? Correct, yes, yes. I I can sense you're smiling. Your pride (laughs) of Lugana comes out on the phone. Next question I would have is, how do you describe your winemaking philosophy and how has it changed or adapted over time? 
Uh, yes, so our wines uh, are the expression of uh, our territory, you know, our territory and uh, efforts that we put day after day uh, in advising uh, the specific futures uh, in a search for balance between tradition and uh, the territoriality uh, of our land and also innovation of the other. So every day is a new challenge to do better and better. That's always the quest of a vineyard, right? A vineyard uh, yeah, yes. Thank you. And it's very uh, important to communicate uh, with our vineyards uh, because uh, it's a little child. Uh, so and uh, every moment uh, you have to take care about uh, this important uh, territory, this important grapes that uh, we do every day. Absolutely. Can you tell us what you've learned, Nadia, about the changing consumer taste of wine? Are you developing better wines to adapt to this or keeping with tradition? Is that a challenge? Yeah, so our starting point is always uh, the tradition. So my father said to transmit uh, the importance of the tradition to maintain uh, the past, but also with very uh, great view about the future with uh, great innovation. So um, we take care, for example, some innovation about uh, not only the, in the vineyards, uh, but also uh, using technology so to improve uh, every uh, day the process of vinification. Uh, but in particular, it's very important about uh, the soil. You know, in, in this important moment about uh, the, uh, cli- the climate change, we have uh, to take more about uh, the, the soil. We, we are in a different area of Policella and Lugana, so with different soil. And this is very important to work more to, to work more in, uh, inside the, the, soil, the soil, yeah. So, in the same time, uh, you know, we, we don't follow this trend about uh, for um, the trends uh, to have uh, maybe uh, in, this, in this moment uh, the consumer uh, try to have uh, the lighter wines, uh, but for impart- important wines uh, such as the Amarone or the, the Ripasso, uh, it's very important uh, about uh, the, the unique process of drying. And so it is important the concentration of the sugars uh, and the alcohol content and because this is, a, is very important about this wine. So and for this wine, uh, we maintain uh, the, the normal trend. Right. Can you give us some examples of your soil management and best practices? Uh, yeah. So, for example, you know that uh, it's very important when uh, we decide to, to start with the harvest of Amarone, we have to select uh, the best grapes, uh, so the, the most uh, healthy grapes of the Corvina Veronese, uh, Rodinella and Tosoletta. And then we have uh, to, to dry for, uh, for a few months and this is another important period where we have to take care about uh, the process of drying so the grapes has not to be attacked of the mood. So we try to do uh, to have a more uh, concentrate of the, of the sugar. And uh, so, for example, in the last five years, uh, the, the time of, uh, of the drying process is limited. So, yeah, this is, is very important about uh, this uh, practice that we do, not only about uh, the, the process of dry, for example, for the Amarone, uh, but, but also about uh, the soil, because uh, we try to maintain uh, the soil very dry. 
Yeah. And how high, what's the elevation in these vineyards? Uh, yeah, it's about uh, 400 uh, meters uh, of, the, of the sea. So this is the, the maximum point that we have uh, in the Costa Lunga estate, where we have our vineyards in uh, Valpolicella. Uh, and the soil uh, in Valpolicella is uh, more uh, cretaceous with the presence of stone. So we, we like also to call uh, uh, terra rossa, so it's a uh, red, uh, red soil. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And what's the average vine age? These are more than 20, 30 years now? Ah, yeah. The, the ages are more uh, 35, 35. How long do you think they can last? Another 10 or 20 years? Yes. Yes. 20 years. Well, that's yeah. going to be fantastic. Let me ask you, when you think about where you are today as a leader in the family business, what parts would you share are like your dad and which are more like your mother? Carla and Sergio. I like a lot of this question because uh, my parents transmit uh, me a lot of uh, very great values. So, for example, for, for me, my father was a great teacher of life. Uh, and I'm really very proud to have followed his footsteps. So my father uh, was always a dreamer. So he's uh, very uh, pay attention about uh, also the, the nature I want to express uh, with uh, his products, uh, his land. It's a great region because uh, my father was a very great pioneer uh, here in the Lugana area, but also in Valpolicella. Uh, when uh, you mentioned before about the Ripasso with our iconic wine uh, Ripassa, so where uh, he tried to rediscover this uh, important method and wine. For me, this is uh, also my dream that it become true. Uh, I have a very great memories of my father, so I I like uh, in uh, in particular during the harvest time uh, to walk, uh, uh, you know, in the in the vineyards. And my father uh, said to me, "It's very important to listen, uh, uh, you know, what the, the grapes uh, try to say to you." So when it's a very important moment, moment to to pick up, uh, and uh, so uh, he he told me you have to taste. Uh, to taste the grapes uh, and, uh, you know, try if it's a, it's a good acidity, if it's a good uh, ready for a pickup. And for me, it was an uh, important value that uh, he transmitted uh, to me. And uh, he told me also that it's very important to respect uh, uh, our great uh, nature, you know, so because the great wines are made in the vineyards and used to repeat uh, not only me, but to all our team. Uh, so uh, from my father also, I hereditate this um, very important, uh, uh, strong about this important relationship uh, with this land. Uh, also to ability uh, to always look ahead and uh, uh, try to keep uh, that uh, if I have a dream, you have to follow your dream. And my mother, Carla, was a really, she's a really strong uh, woman with very strong character. And so she transmitted me this important uh, spirit of a dedication about uh, uh, the work, the job, about the sacrifice. And uh, of course, uh, also the, the beauty, uh, the taste, uh, the attention for the detail. And uh, so we are always uh, looking uh, after details. That's an awesome share. Thank you. So I have to ask you, you probably followed your father along the vineyards many times, yes? Yes. So I have two questions. What did you taste first, Treviano or Corvina? 
And I will eat it. <laughs> First Trebbiano, because uh, sì, sì, I don't certo. of, of our house and the rose, the vineyard Trebbiano. And for uh, Valpolicella, you know, we need to take the car. And so it is more, uh, not so easy for me. But uh, the Lugana, yes, because uh, it's very uh, cross the, uh, the, the street and uh, walk uh, in the garden. I see the, the vineyards of Lugana. Yeah. At what age would you say you decided that this would be your future? Uh, about uh, the future, so this is a, is a very important connection no? between uh, these uh, two important uh, land that uh, I inherited from uh, uh, my, my parents. And uh, I, I'm, I'm sure that uh, uh, I wanted to be, and I want to be a very important uh, brand for the excellence of quality, uh, but also for the important uh, uh, noon that uh, I hereditate uh, for to be uh, an important uh, uh, winery from uh, this uh, territory, where we invested in particular for indigenous grapes for the Lugana area with uh, Trebbiano and in Valpolicella with uh, our Corvina Veronese. So this is, I think, is also our philosophy, uh, where we try to, to be a very great ambassador um, around the world. Well, you did that very well. <laughs> and that leads us to the next uh, question. So you speak a lot about deep connection to the land. What's your connection to Lugana in terms of, uh, how is it different from your tie to Valpolicella? So I was born in the Lugana, in the land of Lugana. So, and uh, also uh, today I, I live uh, here in the, in the heart of Lugana. So Lugana is close to one of the most important lake, Lago di Garda. So it's very beautiful landscape. And uh, so for me, it was my commitment and uh, passion in make our winery grow, not only in Lugana, but also in Valpolicella. But this is very uh, unusual. Uh, I uh, feel like a woman of reds. So I, I love uh, red wines. In particular, uh, Valpolicella is um, the land that makes uh, my heart beat. Amarone is the one uh, of my favorite wine uh, that represents me. So with a very full body wine, with very, you know, uh, very um, uh, strong wine. It's the wine that uh, also uh, very fine, uh, is, is, uh, with also great drinkability and um, speaks of our terroir, son of the earth from which it is born. Yeah, I think there's a lot to play with in terms of flavors from light to full body when you get tamarona. I'm having a lot of fun with it, as I mentioned, with our audience when they are not familiar with these styles yeah. of wine or veneto. Yeah, and also the, the, Amarone, the Amarone is a wine that is seduced, no? It's a very... Seductive, yes. <laughs> certo, certo. Yes, exactly, yes. Why is honoring the indigenous viticulture important to you? How many varieties do you grow and can you name them for us, please, for the audience? Uh -huh. So I love uh, my territory and uh, it was extraordinary characteristic because uh, we have a, a very important soil. So in Lugana, uh, we have uh, clay soil. We have a special climate because we have the influence of the Garda Lake. Uh, also the hills and the mountains be behind us. So we have the Montebaldo uh, mountains, uh, the indigenous vines that have proven to have a great uh, potential. 
and also uh, historical uh, winemaking tradition. My father uh, was uh, one of the first uh, in the early 1960 years uh, to believe uh, in the indigenous grapes uh, as the Trebbiano di Lugana grape and uh, also in Valpolicella where we have uh, our Tenuta Costa Lunga. Uh, here we have uh, the most important uh, indigenous uh, varieties is uh, the Corvina Veronese uh, that we use uh, uh, mostly for produce Amarone, so we use 80% of these important indigenous grapes. Uh, also we have uh, the Oseleta and uh, another important uh, grapes uh, is uh, Rondinella, but the most important is Corvina, Corvina Veronese, where also we dedicate a part of our vineyards to create a single crew that is called Cressasso, uh, where it is made with 100% Corvina Veronese. Uh, this is, is, a, is a wine that we started to produce with the vintage 2004, and next year we celebrate the, the 20 anniversary of this uh, important crew of uh, Corvina Veronese. And is that a wine that's only available at the winery uh, for special, special release vintages? Uh, yeah, we have uh, some, uh, you know, we keep some uh, important vintages. And uh, next year, for example, for uh, the Cressasso, probably uh, we, we can propose a special, uh, uh, special cases, good cases uh, with a different uh, with uh, different historical vintages of our Cressasso for celebrate uh, this important uh, event. Okay, let me know the date so I could book my travel now. <laughs> yeah, okay. And so uh, the 95 acres, Tenuta Costa Lunga has 35 acres. Would you say most of your production comes from this state? And what is your total production to give the audience an idea? Uh, total production uh, for uh, Valpolicella or for all our uh, wines? All the wines. So it's, uh, it's about 2 million, 2 million uh, bottles. So it's a medium-sized winery, but it's uh, very interesting because we are a family winery. And I, and I love that story because to your father's point, and you carrying on his tradition, you stay true to the mission and the land. Yes. ends up in, in the quality of the bottlings. Again, one of my reasons for loving your wine so much. Let me ask you, do you have a favorite wine and what food pairing would you recommend to the consumer? Yeah, uh, I told you before that I am a, a red wine woman, no? <laughs> so my favorite wine is Amarone, uh, where I like to pair very well with um, Selvagina, with meat dishes. Or, uh, for example, I like to cook uh, risotto with uh, Amarone and a pancake, for example. It's a typical dish of my area. And um, also, in, the, in particular, in the summertime, I like uh, the Lugana. Uh, Lugana is a wine that is really suitable for many, many dishes. So from aperitif, uh, that we can use a simple Lugana, so it's very easy to drink. Or maybe you can uh, also, I like to drink a Lugana Riserva Sergio Zanato, where it's uh, more complex, uh, more, uh, more body wine, where you can, uh, uh, for example, uh, uh, I like to, to drink uh, with a special uh, uh, cheeses, uh, for example, or maybe uh, with uh, some uh, like, like uh, fish, uh, you know, uh, from the lake, uh, for example, we, we use uh, trout or uh, lucio. 
And also another uh, dish that I like to prepare, especially when uh, is the season uh, is, uh, is available, is asparagus from, uh, from Verona. So it's a very, very uh, type of vegetables that we use uh, in a particular season, so in the spring season. And I like to cook this with uh, risotto. Italian Wine Podcast. Brought to you by Mama Jumbo Shrimp. Now that you're making me very thirsty and very hungry. To taste my my cuisine. <laughs> oh, you betcha. I would like to. I was there last uh last spring and I would say to anyone if you haven't been to the uh Veneto, you know, near Lago de Garda area, it's just Picture perfect. It's absolutely beautiful. Everything, the landscape, the people, the food. And um, that risotto with pumpkin sounds very good. I will have to tell Chef Joseph to do that this week because we sell a lot of risotto at our restaurant. Can you tell me about the story about the Historical Archivo 2008? Uh, yes, so this is uh, was our first uh, uh, vintage that released uh, with our Amarone Archivio Storico. So, and uh, all started uh, in the 2008 uh, when we decided uh, to left the Slavonia Oak Barrow in our cellar uh, to rest for um, 10 years. Uh, so inside uh, there was uh, the, our excellent uh, Amarone, so our best Amarone della Valpolicella. So we decided uh, to wait and uh, let time uh, work it about uh, this uh, magic, uh, so this uh, slowly uh, transforming this in uh, that, that wine. So 10 years later, uh, we just uh, was open, giving birth to the first uh, limited edition of the Zanato Historical Archivio Storico. We released 2,500 bottles, all numbered. And uh, this is our uh, expression of our love, our dedication for the wine of uh, Amarone. And uh, so this is, was a very great result of our uh, of great anticipation and so uh, this is uh, also was an important vintage uh, because uh, it was the latest harvest that we did uh, with my father Sergio. Uh, so our archivio storico this is was the first vintage and the next vintage of our archivio storico will be 2013. And is this wine available internationally? Yes, you can. Uh, yes, we can. Uh, we have a limited production, uh, but you can uh, find uh, in a special uh, uh, demand of our importer. Yes, yes. Fantastic, thank you. And um, I'm gonna have to find some here in Florida for us. Yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. It's very limited because. Uh, uh, we release just uh, 200, 500 bottles uh, and uh, 500 manium. Uh, all uh, is in uh, special uh, wood cases uh, where the, the wine age in Slavonia oak, so it's very unique, it's very, very, very particular. And uh, of course, about uh, the, the flavor also is uh, very intensive uh, with a very, you know, um, Tobacco, so something very magic wine. Yeah, and so this is a blend, unlike Cresasso, 100% Corvina, this is a blend, correct? 
Yeah, yes, the, the Corvina, the Cresasso is uh, 100%, and this is the Marone Reserve, the Marone Archivio Storico is a blend. Yeah, yeah. it's most important is the, that we use is the Corvina Veronese. Perfect. What is the story behind Ripassa? Why Ripassa versus Ripasso? A and O. <laughs> yeah, Ripassa is our uh, iconic wine, so... Uh, my father, Sergio, was a great uh, pioneer, a visionary about uh, this technique of uh, ripasso because uh, uh, when uh, my father, Sergio, started to produce uh, the ripasso, ripassa, uh, was uh, um, 1992, so it was the first vintage. And uh, in that uh, year, in that vintage, uh, there was nobody produce uh, Valpolicella uh, ripasso, so it was just a technique, just a method. And uh, so this is a, a method that uh, we rediscover, and my father tried to rediscover in a particular moment uh, where the Valpolicella was in a, you know, in a softer moment, so it was uh, quite difficult also to promote our Valpolicella, in, not only in the USA, but around the world. So, and uh, he tried to do something different, more com complex, more uh, unique. And uh, he decided to do introduction of this method of ripasta, where we take our best Valpolicella and uh, we, we do a second fermentation into the skins of Amarone. So, in very important wine, Amarone. And uh, so, he, this is... Uh, it gives uh, to the Valpolicella more structure, more aroma, more color, uh, more complex wine. And so for us, uh, this uh, asset method, uh, then in the, in the future, so it become uh, not only a method, but now is a, is a doc, is a DOC. So and we call our ripasso zanato uh, Valpolicella ripasso. And uh, today on the market, we offer the vintage uh, 2019. So, and there's uh, 27 years of ripasso zanato. Bravo, bravo. <laughs> so, bravo. I'm very, you know, I'm very, very proud about this, what uh, uh, my father, Sergio, tried to really rediscover. And also, uh, other producer of a, of a Valpolicella recognize that my father was a really great pioneer about uh, this important wine as a very passa. Well, it's obviously, again, thank you for making such beautiful wines. I'm curious as to your investment in Bulgari. Can you share with the audience how that came about and, and the story there, please? Yeah, so Bulgari, you know, was a love uh, at the first sight. It was an area, area uh, that gives uh, not only my parents, but also me and my brother Alberto, uh, great emotion and inspiration. It was a place uh, that uh, brings uh, you back to life because... Uh, uh, you know, in my, my parents, my family, uh, we like to go for the sea in, um, in, in the area uh, called uh, Puntala. So it's uh, after Bulgaria, so it's in uh, between uh, Bulgaria and the Marmasais, so very beautiful uh, seaside. And so every summer we like to, to, to go in this, um, this, this area uh, to Bulgaria. And uh, so in the early 2000 years, uh, my mother Carla uh, traveling uh, with my father to Puntala. And uh, so they, she was fascinated uh, by this place. 
so decide uh, to find if there is a possibility to do an investment or not to do something because uh, it was uh, emotion to every summer, every year to go uh, through this uh, important uh, land. And in 2003, uh, she bought a small, um, a small um, uh, area, so a small uh, free uh, 80 hectare estate in Bulgaria. So uh, we cultivate also olive tree, uh, Cabernet and Merlot vines, uh, located along, uh, along the, the Via Bulgarese, so one of the main uh, important uh, streets in, in the heart of uh, Appellation. So we decide uh, first to sell uh, the grapes and with the vintage uh, 2013, we started to produce our first uh, uh, of Bulgari DOC with the name of my mom Carla, so with the surname, and we called Pode Prospero. Uh, this wine is very elegant, uh, it's very uh, pleasant, uh, balanced, extremely a drinkable uh, wine. So I'm very, very proud about, uh, about this uh, important investment that we decide uh, to do in, uh, in Bulgari because. Uh, now it's very famous, it's very known, but when we decide to invest, it's not such a famous as, as now. I imagine production here is pretty small, given 3.8 hectares. Yeah, so we produce uh, in this moment uh, 60,000 bottles, and uh, we hope in the future maximum to produce uh, 15,000 bottles. Yeah, because we plant... Uh, a uh, few years ago, so in uh, five years ago, we planted new vines of Merlot, of Cabernet, and also Petit Verdot. And so in the future, uh, we would like uh, uh, to produce uh, 15,000. Are you finding uh, these can be classified then as Super Tuscans? Yes, I am a very fan of a Super Tuscan, yes. <laughs> and so would it be fair to say that you're exploring more of some of these Bordeaux varietals, whether it's Veneto or Tuscany, with uh, particularly... Cabernet Sauvignon and Merlot. Yeah, Is yeah. Is that an area of exploration for you from uh, the traditional Veneto varietals? Yeah, because I am also very fans of, uh, of these particular uh, grapes as Merlot and Cabernet. You know that I have also a single and unique uh, project with my mom that is called the Sansonina here in uh, Garda Lake. And so this is, was a great challenge that I decided uh, to collaborate with my mom. I take care of uh, this project in uh, the year two, 2012. But uh, my mom, uh, Carla, invested here in the Garda Lake in the 1997, where he decided to bought uh, 30 hectares uh, here on the, on the Garda, in, in particular close to Sirmione. Uh, where he invested uh, in, in the international varietals because uh, there was uh, old vines of Merlot, so we decided to plant uh, new vines uh, of Merlot and also Cabernet uh, with a great challenge to produce a great Merlot and a great Cabernet uh, to compare with the great uh, wines of, uh, of Bordeaux. So, and uh, this is uh, also today is a great uh, challenge where to, we would like to, uh, to become very famous about uh, these varietals, in particular uh, to, to maintain the, no, the name uh, of the denomination Garda, uh, because uh, we believe also in the potential of this denomination of Garda, you see. 
And uh, so we produce uh, uh, the Sansonina wine, it's 100% of uh, Merlot. We produce the second wine is Evaluna, where is a blend of Cabernet and the Lugana, uh, the Sansonina Vigne del Moraro Verde, uh, where we use our own yeast because uh, this winery is a completely biologic uh, winery. Uh, so we used only one, uh, only uh, own yeast. So we do only spontaneous fermentation. And, uh, you know, it's uh, something very, very uh, particular where uh, also we uh, inaugurate uh, um, the cellar, the new wine cellar uh, this year during the Italy. And this very extraordinary architectural work uh, released in collaboration with a very famous um, architect is called Giovanni Bo. Right. So the spontaneous fermentation is, so this is going to be a lighter, fruitier style wine, perhaps? Yeah, yes, yes. Very also uh, wine where we try to, to be uh, very uh, wine with a very great drinkability, uh, but also uh, with a very elegant wine. So similar to the style of Bordeaux. I had an opportunity to work the harvest in Burgundy in 2004, and it was very interesting watching the yeah. capo and, and the mix. So here, are you doing daily punch downs, or are you just letting the weight of the grapes, if you will, you know, create the spontaneous fermentation? I'm just curious. Yeah, well, also this is for me was a great experience uh, that before uh, to started uh, to take care about uh, the the vinification of Sansonina, I went also in Burgundy. So I did a great experience and uh, also I tried to learn about uh, the importance of uh, spontaneous fermentation. And then uh, I tried to do in uh, my, my winery in Sansonina with a vintage uh, uh, 2014. And 2014 was uh, our first vintage that uh, we, we started uh, uh, with Lugana, but also with uh, Evaluna and uh, Sansonina. And uh, in, uh, from the 2018 uh, also, I decided to have uh, a great uh, enologist from uh, the school of, uh, of Bordeaux. Uh, so he's a young guy that he helps uh, us uh, not only in the winery, but also with the vineyards. So we take care about the soil and uh, we have a great collaboration. He's, um, he's, uh, he came from the school of Michel Roland. And uh, so he helped also to develop this uh, important project about the top uh, quality of the wine, uh, you know, top quality uh, that we would like in the near future to be an example for not only our territory of Garda, but uh, for also other important uh, Italian red wines as uh, Sansonina Merlot. I think that's a really cool project. I'm looking forward to the development of... Uh your learning techniques and uh, the bottlings. I have uh, one question for you, reading from through your website. I was interested. Can you talk a little bit about, with your elevation, it's probably windy at those uh, vineyard sites, the orientation, your row orientation, how you take that into consideration when growing the, the vines? Yeah, so we use the uh, uh, cordon sprue, for example, for example, in uh, Valpolicella and also in um, here in, uh, in Sansonina. And in the Lugana, we use the Guyo. We are in southeast, southeast of the, of the Valpolicella uh, and southeast of the Garda Lake. 
I have one last question for you. Do you have a funny wine story of all your years in the wine business that you'd like to share with our listeners? Uh, uh, this is a, in this moment, I told you I am a, a red uh, wine woman, so uh, not the Zanato. Yeah, it's not, of course. Uh, now, in this moment, I love the, I love the, because it's my creation, is uh, Sansonina Merlot. <laughs> because it's, uh, yeah, Sansonia Merlot. Because I had a feeling you might say that is a little child of of, uh, of my story, and where I involve uh, all my passion, uh, all my innovation. So um, probably uh, for me, this is a uh, is an important wine uh, where I try uh, to learn what my father transmitted to me about. Uh, the importance of, an, of, uh, of the soil, about the importance uh, also of uh, what uh, he, he learned to me, and also because uh, it's a very funny story. So it's a very funny story where uh, I, I try to do, to do myself, to do my, my dream. Well, we look forward to the story continuing. Uh, thank you very much for your time today. I've enjoyed listening to, to your stories and, and more about the winery. And hopefully our viewers and list, our listeners will appreciate that as well. Just in case no one has that information, your website is www.zenato.it, correct? Correct, correct, yes. Is there any, any other resource you would like our listeners to be able to add to their archive of education so they can learn more about Zenato? Yeah, and also we have a page in Instagram, uh, Zanato Winery or also Nadia Zanato just uh, my name Fantastic, well I hope to see you next spring if I make it back to Italy, I will let you know Yes please, it's a great pleasure also to show you uh, the new project of Sansonina but also all the people that uh, listen to us so it's a great pleasure to invite to see our, uh, our winery so we have also a website where you can uh, also write us and uh, also take uh, an, uh, an appointment for to visit our winery. And likewise, if you come to the U.S., we make a wine dinner in my restaurant. <laughs> okay, <laughs> yeah, sure. I'd be, I would be honored. I would be honored. Yeah. Thank you so much for this wonderful interview. Um, so we are opening the floor to the audience. If anyone would like to ask some questions for Nadia, you are free to Raise your hand and we'll put you up on stage. Okay, so I guess nobody would like to ask for now. But if you have any questions, you can write us at info at italianwinepodcast.com. So, yes, so that's it. Um, thank you so much, uh, Luis. And thank you, Nadia, for your time for doing this Clubhouse interview. And don't forget that we will be, we are recorded. So I have recorded. I pressed the record button. <laughs> And so I will put it up on Italian One Podcast and I will let you guys know about it. Thank you. Thanks a lot. Ciao. Well, thank you for having me and thank you, Nadia, for your time. Thank it you. was a pleasure. I look thank forward you, to speaking please, to all these Thank you, everybody. So thank you very much. Listen to the Italian Wine Podcast wherever you get your podcasts. We're on SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Himalaya FM, and more. Don't forget to subscribe and rate the show. If you enjoy listening, please consider donating through italianwinepodcast.com. Any amount helps cover equipment, production, and publication costs. Until next time, cin cin.